All right. Thank you for joining us for the 4G podcast. I'm Pastor Brian, and joining me today is Mike Russell. Hey, Mike, we're sitting up here in the mezzanine. Not a lot of people have been up here before, but you've spent some time up here. What has this space been used to? Used this space for over has the years? been used in many times for way back when it was used as a sound studio and a practice area for the worship team. And uh, so I've been up here a lot playing the guitar and drums mm-hmm. and uh, percussion up here. And so, but it's, then it was also used as a storage room and yes. all kinds of things. I had this vision as you asked me to, to be in this podcast that would be in this glorious studio. It is but glorious. It is glorious, but I'm, I'm feeling a little bit like the war room <laughs> it right is. now. It's like, go to your prayer closet. And here we are. We're in way in the back, aren't we? Way in, tucked in the back that nobody knows about this. Uh, and so this is kind of in well, secret. They've cleaned it up well, though, and I appreciate that. I, well, I get, every time I'm up here, I'm thankful to the deacons because they approved funds for this and, and caught the vision for the importance of podcasting and and recording videos today um, because a lot of people are listening to podcasts on their phone. And I, I didn't think I would be doing that, but as I ride my bike or exercise yeah. or walk the dogs or whatever, podcasts are, are a big thing. But you just, you know, shot something down for me and that I thought this was clean just because I was coming up here. Uh, you know, we didn't even vacuum for you, Mike. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're a down-to-earth guy, though. I'm hurt. I'm hurt. <laughs> so uh, Mike is here today. Mike's been involved in ministry here at Edgewood for a long time in multiple ways. Uh, Mike, you've served as a deacon. Mm-hmm. I know you, um, you're you on the worship team. You have played in the B-53s. And uh, just you, you, where there's ministry happening, you jump in. And the same with your wife, Jody. You guys are servants. But I know at your heart, deep in your heart, you love the ministry of Celebrate Recovery. And we thought we'd take some time today to talk about the topic of recovery and even some mental health issues. I think you've been learning more about that and, and seeing kind of the, um, the importance of helping those who are going through uh, some of those struggles. Yeah, so, mental, mental health and recovery seem to be hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, addictions, uh, are one of the things that that comes out of mental health issues. Hmm. Uh, And and so I think understanding the root cause of where addictions come from and what uh, mental health possible hurdles there are and things that we can do about those things and how we can respond as a church is a a good topic and a good conversation to be had. Mike, go, go a little bit deeper there, unpack that. What is the relationship between mental health how we're doing mentally and, um, and, and our health related to that and addictions? Well, mental health is, there's a lot of definitions for those. Let's, first of all, let's talk about the difference between mental health and mental illness. And mental health is, you know, those things that are emotional, psychological, and sociable well-being of, of ourselves. Mm. Mental illness is taking that to an extreme where you might need oh, sure. professional help. And, and it's, some of it has its root in mental health, but it also could be things like schizophrenia, uh, mm-hmm. bipolar disease. Those mm-hmm. things require medical health. Those mm-hmm. are illnesses of which may have a physical cause to them. But mental health 
uh, are just are how we see our daily lives mm. and how we react to the things that happen to us or how we respond and whether or not we have a healthy response to those things. So it's, 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 it's a lot about cause and effect. This happens and this is how I deal with that. If you do it in an unhealthy manner, addictions can come out of that. Mm. We, are, we are, don't know how to handle a particular stressor. And so we seek to do that in ways and find uh, happiness through uh, causes mm. that can produce themselves or show up in our lives as an addiction. Mike, I just thought of something that I hear often in CR is we're trusting God to help provide freedom from our hurts, our habits, and our hangups. And when you were talking about that, the, the word habit got in there. So mm-hmm. uh, let's say you're a teenager and you're going through some struggles, and let's just use alcohol as an example. You turn to alcohol for the buzz, it's fun, mm-hmm. all of that. Talk about how that can then lead to a habit which becomes an addiction. Well, if we are, have a healthy mental health status, for mm-hmm. lack of better terms, we have that. We have habits that are healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may uh, choose to, instead of uh, drinking a beer, we may choose to go out for a walk. We, we have habits that are healthy to us physically, to us socially, to us mentally. Um, so habits, creating positive habits are an important way for us to do that. We as Christians would add to that things such as reading the Bible, being in prayer, uh, being in community with other believers. Uh, Absence of those habits, those positive habits, can result in, can result in negative habits of which uh, can hurt us in a variety of ways. Mm. Um, One of the things that that we talk about a lot with habits is that... um, we have to have habits that we tend to look at other people for our habits. If we want to, you know, Abraham Maslow, uh, a psychologist back in the early 1900s, had this hierarchy of needs. And he said that his third hierarchy of, uh, uh, was that right above food and water and safety was the need to feel significant. Hmm. And especially with we teenagers, all have that, we, we all have that. And absence of that uh, we search for significance in other ways. When mm-hmm. I was a teenager, uh, you know, everybody went out drinking, and and so I went out and drank with mm-hmm. my my mm-hmm. fellow teenagers, not because I enjoyed the taste of beer, because actually it tasted pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, I did that because I wanted to feel significant and accepted with my friends. Right. I started smoking because I wanted to be. It was cool to mm-hmm. smoke. The Marlboro Man was a cool guy, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be a cool guy. And so we place our significance in things, places, uh, in, in other people, and we take on the habits of people that are around us. You, know, you hang out with the people who are doing those things, and then we tend to do those things as well. So one of the habits that we have, and we may talk about these a little bit later uh, in specific specificity, but uh, it is, is it hang out with people who are doing habits that you like. Mm. Or that that you that you think are positive. 
which why is why it's so important to have a regular habit of going to celebrate recovery, mm-hmm. not just if you have issues with alcohol or drugs. What I've been, what I've learned from you, Mike, over the years is that celebrate recovery helps in a whole bunch of ways. It's a sanctification process, but it's so important to have the regular contact with others who are striving to do the right thing, mm-hmm. to walk with Jesus. And Mike, one of the things when you when you were talking that I was thinking about, uh, Jesus said that in John 8, 34, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. Mm. And the idea there is that when, when sin becomes a habit, we can become enslaved to it. Like that particular sin now controls us. How do you see that fleshing out in Celebrate Recovery, in people who are looking for freedom and forgiveness? Well, it, if you're looking for something... It, in Galatians, uh, Paul talks about the difference between the sins of the flesh and the yeah. sins of, 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 or not the sins of the Holy the Spirit. Fruit the, Spirit Jesus, yeah. the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is that is that we're seeking for that significance or that happiness, or we're seeking for something, and we're looking in two different avenues of places. And God said very, very plainly that the sins of the flesh, and he lists them, sexual morality, anger, angst, there's a whole list of them. But at the end of that list, it says, and things like these. We know (laughs) what those things are, even in the back of it, things (laughs) like these. But what we're searching for many times is that list of things that's found in the fruit of the spirit love joy peace mm. self-control is listed in there mm-hmm. and the only place god says that the only place to find them is through the holy spirit mm-hmm. the one path is through jesus christ mm. it's the narrow gate it's mm. the path that that straight path and it's found through jesus christ and we Amen. go to celebrate recovery on friday night to hang out with other people who have that same like mind so that we can understand what that path is, and then look to other people. We all have mentors. We all have uh, mm-hmm. um, sponsors. We all have accountability partners so that we can see how other people are following that journey. It says in Philippians 1, six, one of my favorite verses is, he who began a good work mm. in you will see it through until the day of Christ mm. Jesus. I'm on a journey. My sanctification process is not just a one and done thing. It's a journey where I get better and better every day. And I may mm. take four steps forward and three steps back yeah. and five yeah. steps forward and two steps back, yeah. but I'm moving forward. Mm. And God's going to continue to work on me throughout that. So, but that's why I go to celebrate recovery. I choose not to go to other places on Friday nights. Yeah, there's a lot of things I could be doing. But I would rather go there. And by the way, my wife understands that. She does. She, she celebrates And supports that. that and celebrates that because she knows I'm around other people who are going to help me stay on the, the straight and narrow. And vice versa. And I've seen you do versa. that for others. You know, people who are just exactly. starting their journey. They look to you. I, I was there one night when you gave your testimony. And boy, that resonated with people mm-hmm. who are just starting out. Like, oh, if God was able to help Mike and give freedom to him, well, maybe he can do that for me, right? It builds hope, and and that that's so important. And I also love how Celebrate Recovery, you have the meal. So if you're listening and you're like, man, maybe I need that, um, let's Mike, let's just talk a little bit about what that Friday night looks like for those who are a little hesitant. So I'll start, you finish, okay. is you come about 6 o'clock and you'll be greeted— um, 
and then there's a meal. Um, people from Edgewood, different ministries provide the meal, which is fabulous. It's delicious, but mm. there's a purpose behind that, right? To sit down and, and have some fellowship. And then there's a time of worship. And so you pick it up from there. Why, okay. why is that so important? And then what happens the rest of the night? Well, we I'm going to back up even a sure. little before the meal. Yeah, um, yeah. Many of us get there at five o'clock. Okay. Uh, several of us mentor other people or we're their sponsors and we talk. And so we have conversations mm-hmm. with, over a cup of coffee out in the lobby mm-hmm. while the band is wor- you know, practicing, getting mm-hmm. ready for worship. And then we go in to have a meal at six mm-hmm. o'clock. That meal is so important because we get to talk about life. Uh, what's going on throughout the week. Uh, and it could have anything to, we could talk about everything from uh, the Bears and how lousy they're playing right now, or we could talk about um, somebody lost a job and, and they're really distraught mm-hmm. right now, or mm-hmm. their grandmother passed away and they're distraught, or they had a just got a new job and they're celebrating. So we talk about life during that meal. Then we have a time of worship because we always want to send the message that the the success of our our recovery is not in what anything we do. It's based in Jesus Christ. And so we want to worship that, celebrate that, give thanks to that. And so by starting off in that particular place, that gives emphasis to that. Once we get done with our worship time, we then either have a testimony mm-hmm. uh, where either personal testimony, or we have several video testimonies from people uh, around the, the nation who have, have walked the walk that we're walking, or we have a lesson. And there are specific lessons that uh, are developed by, were developed by John Baker, who is the, the founder of Celebrate Recovery, mm-hmm. along with Rick Warren, uh, Pastor Rick out in Saddleback Church in California. And uh, so we, we then uh, have a, a learning time. And then we go to, after that, we go to, uh, we call them open share groups. And they're divided into areas of concern. Uh, We separate from men and women. Men, Mm -hmm. we have a life issues group. We have a chemical alcohol dependency group. We have a purity group. And we have an anger group. Women have life issues, chemical and alcohol dependency, and an abuse group. Uh, so those groups are small groups. They're confidential groups. They're, we talk about what's on your heart, whether it's celebration and or struggle. Uh, we don't try to fix people down there. We just listen. It's a safe place, isn't it's it? It's a safe place to go to talk, to, uh, to just get things off your, your heart if you have to. Um, the only time that we, we would break a confidentiality down there if somebody, you know, talked about hurting themselves or yeah. wanting to hurt other people, right, then we right. would intervene then you have and to. convene. Yeah. We have to do that. Uh, but that, in my years down there, that has happened only once or twice. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But it's it's a place to go. And I wish I could say that everybody that came to Celebrate Rates stayed for that. It, about half the people that come leave right after the lesson, but the other half stayed stay for that particular point. But to me, they're missing out when they do that because that's the place where you can go and really, really connect and, and get uh, mm. get close to God and get close to other your brothers uh, and sisters in Christ who are walking that strength, that same uh, uh, route that we are. And you, it's funny you mentioned the word hope. We start off our announcements talking about hope. We give a couple of scriptures about hope. Mm-hmm. When people walk into our doors, they 
many times have no hope. The right. very the they we've, failed, they've fallen back. Exactly. Yeah. And you and I had talked earlier about how people introduce themselves at Ele- at Celebrate Recovery. We usually say something like, "Hi, my name is Mike. I'm a believer and a disciple of Jesus Christ, uh, and I have struggled with." And then I would list areas that I've struggled with. Um, a new person comes in and say, hi, I'm Jim, Ralph, Fred, mm-hmm. and I am an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. They don't identify themselves as who they could be. They identify themselves as who they feel they are. Yeah. And uh, you and I both know that it, you know, we're made under the image of God. Yeah. And there's a world we, of difference there's there, There's a world there? of difference. And if you're in a world of... of where your mental health is not where it needs to be right now and you don't have a relationship with Christ and you're struggling with an addiction, those things become your identity. Uh, you and I, when I was a professional, my professional life, I was a school principal and people called me Principal Mike or Principal Russell. Mm-hmm. They call you Pastor Brian. There's a, it's very common for people in positions like ours when we retire from those positions that we lose our identity. Sure. I'm no, although I'd still have teachers that call me Principal Russell or Mr. Russell, and that that's fine. But when I had a, I had a heck of a time when I was first the. Yeah, who am I? Who right. am I? I'm no longer, and at that particular time in my life, I'd also lost my first wife to yeah. cancer, and so I was no longer oh. Janet's husband. I was no longer Principal Russell, yeah. and I retired, and it took me along, and I fell into some, uh, uh, some, some issues with gambling because of that loss of identity. So we encourage people when they come in to, if they have not accepted Jesus Christ, that's one of the first things that we want to do. We want to work on that. But we need you to acknowledge the fact that that your life hasn't been working for you right at this particular moment. Mm. Everything you're doing, the old Dr. Phil thing, how's that working for you? It's not (laughs) working, so let's look at other options. And one of those options is, the very first step is that my life is unmanageable and I can't control it. That's step number one. Step number two is there is a higher power that can do that, and we call that higher power Jesus Christ. In the regular A-A-N-A-G-A, all the A's, they would just leave it at higher power. And right. you can call whatever higher power. We, yeah, you guys are celebrate so clear. Recovery. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's Celebrate Recovery is a Christian, uh, Christ-centered recovery system. Yeah. And it's like a salvation and sanctification process. And the salvation and sanctification, the salvation process is so important. Yes, we work all the 12 steps all at the same time, but until you get past that first step, the rest of the steps, you will go back and forth. Um, But that first step is is realizing that you don't have any control. You can't do it. It's physically, mentally impossible (laughs) for you to do it. And you have to, and the third step is to, I give my life and my will over to Jesus Christ. When that happens, the other steps... I just got goosebumps when you said that, because that's the decision. And and here's, I have known many, and we both have known people who are professing Christians, and they still are Christians, but when they lose, for whatever reason, a stressor happens in their life, they lose sight of the fact that Jesus isn't Christ is in their life and is at the helm. 
they slip back into yeah. the I can do it myself. When and that you doesn't slip, end well, does it? That never <laughs> ends well because we are humans. Or I slip back into that codependency thing where yeah. uh, Brian can help me. Yeah. Well, Brian's only as good as Brian. Yeah, which isn't and very good. Which <laughs> it's it's he's a good man, but he's a man. Yeah. And so I have to rely on, and God may bring me Brian. God may bring me uh, Dan. Right. God may bring me Nate. God may bring me uh, some whatever. But they God can't needs, solve it, can they? But they can't solve it, but he may use those yes. people yeah. as you never know when you might be Which, in Which, again, is the importance of community, isn't it, of being connected? Exactly. Which is, a, go back to your original question, yeah. why do you need to be there on Friday nights? Yeah. So that you can be in community with people and other people who are like-minded. Yep. It's the same with, you know, why do we go to church? People say, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Well, no, but when you go, amazing things happen, right? Mm -hmm. You get encouraged, you get to encourage others, but we're primarily there to give God Mm -hmm. glory. Mike, I was thinking the topic of identity. Today is November 1st, also known as All Saints Day. Mm -hmm. And in, in some traditions where the tradition I was raised in, there were these super spiritual people who were called saints, right? They were canonized by the Pope. And growing up, we would pray to them, but they were these these people we'd emulate, but we could never reach. And it struck me, as a new Christian, the Bible says that I'm a saint. Mm-hmm. Talk about identity. Mm-hmm. I don't have to work for that. That just happens at conversion. So when we're born, we're all sinners. When we're born again, we become saints. Mike, before moving on from this, there might be people listening who maybe um, don't necessarily feel compelled to attend CR for themselves, uh, but there are some ways to serve. And when I've come to CR, I love watching those who prepare the meal and serve it with such joy. So we're always in need of people who are going to either prepare a meal or just serve it. But also we have Celebration Place, and that's a really tough ministry, but so important because the children are learning principles at a level they can understand about addiction, Mm -hmm. uh, which helps them as children of parents who are going through things, but it also allows the parents to come and get the help they need. And mm-hmm. um, so if you're listening and you're like, man, I, I just need to stop watching TV every night. I need to get off Netflix. And what can I do to help? <laughs> there are ways to serve in CR, aren't there? We have a lot of ways to serve. Um, we have, as you said, the Celebration Station is a wonderful service. Uh, we w- wish we had more people to do that because uh, it does free up. There are some parents who can't attend because they've got one, two, three, four kids, and mm-hmm. they can't uh, they can't afford a babysitter for that night. And uh, we try to accommodate them as much as we possibly can, but we need bodies to do that. We hate to take away people who are in recovery, and we have we have people who are in recovery who do volunteer down there. But that takes away from them going to their open share groups, right. and and we don't want to do that. So we do need. That's probably our number one uh, place that we could use some folks. We Mike, could give also, a shout out. Who are the the primary women who oversee uh, that? Danette Johnson. Yep, uh, is one of them, and Jennifer and uh, Osborne. Yep. Jennifer Osborne are yep. the two main ones. Uh, we have. A, a, Jerry Thomas goes down there. And Jerry it's good. does too. He goes down, but that, but Jerry, Jerry, Jerry is a me- oh, member of my open share group, and yeah. so that takes away time yeah. from him to do that. But he does. He also it drives well. the van. Doesn't he, he also drives the van, which is another place we <laughs> another could use. place we, we have folks serve. that are, are there. Many of folks come from. Uh, 
rehab houses or uh, that, that don't have access to... They don't to, have wheels. They don't have wheels they don't or have they don't license. have a license. Right. And so we ask uh, folks to go pick them up and, and they take you know, them there and bring them back. another place to serve, Mike, I've seen this over the years where people are greeting mm-hmm. and they come for the first half hour and they mm-hmm. greet people with a smile. They show them where the bathrooms are because mm-hmm. there's always new people who come. So that there, might be another place there's, people There's all kinds serve. of... We have a worship band. Uh, mm-hmm. If you have mu- musical talents. In fact, quick story, that's how I got involved in CR. Um, I didn't know I had an issue. <laughs> uh, I, I've been had, you hadn't I, been to step one yet. Yeah, I hadn't been to. Well, I had been to. I'd been a you know believer in Christ, but I didn't realize that I had an addictive personality, and, and I was a functioning alcoholic for a okay. long time. Okay. Uh, but Pat Wolgart, brother who's gone to been to oh, go yeah. to glory, Pat asked me to play bass. Uh, I didn't know how to play the bass. I knew how to play guitar. I hadn't played the bass ever. And he goes, well, I need you here. And he handed me a bass. And that he said, sounds like Pat. Yeah. And he said, uh, learn it. And I go, great. When did you need me? He goes, Friday. This was Wednesday. <laughs> so I, pl- I learned how to quasi, I plucked one string every time that, and it was horrible. <laughs> uh, but that led me to playing the bass in 2007 at Celebrate Recovery. And I played for a long time and without and I would just go play the bass and I would have to stay during the lesson because we always played a song after the lesson so I would stay and hear the lessons and the more I heard the lessons the more it so you know God like, has, hey, wait a minute! I could use this. Yeah, I could, there's some things that God, God has a sense of humor, and so He taught me how to play the bass so that I would have to stay for the lesson mm. so that I could understand and it, just how He's grown to now. I'm a part of the leadership team, and that's not a that's not a testament to me. That's a testament how God can mm-hmm. use anybody mm-hmm. for any reason wherever He deems it necessary to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike, in uh, it was about a year ago. I preached a message called "Recovery." I did a series uh, with messages or titles that started with the word R E, and so one of those messages was recovery. And mm-hmm. one of the points I made uh, to help people who haven't been involved with Celebrate Recovery to not say something like "those people," mm. like they're different. Mm-hmm. And talk about that a little bit. Why, why is it so important? Because the reason I, I brought that up is I've learned a lot when I've gone to Celebrate Recovery how freely people talk about their sin. Mm-hmm. And most, quote, churchy people, we don't do that very well, right? We keep all that stuff hidden. But um, So why, why is it so important not to look down on people who might sin differently than we do or have a a habit or a hang-up that we might not have? Well, I think it'd go back to our our original premise of step one in Celebrate Recovery, to acknowledge that my life is unmanageable. Mm. I think that premise should be, if not, if it's not, the the one major, (laughs) the first thing that all Christians need to understand is that they don't have the power to control their lives. God has 100% control over that, and he's the only purpose thing uh, being that can do that. And I think many of us, and I raise my hand high on this one, sit in the pews, look at somebody else's sin, and say, well, at least I didn't do that one. But God doesn't put any (laughs) distinction between sins. Right. 
you know, and the, we've the, just judged that person, which is just, another sin. <laughs> which, and he tells us specifically yeah. in in scripture that what are you talking about that speck in your brother's <laughs> eye when you've got? And he says a plank. I've seen log as another, but that is a great descriptive. Yeah. You've got it's all this visual. stuff, and how dare you? Yeah, God is telling us how dare you judge that person yeah. because you have, in my eyes, you were doing the same things. The 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 rich young ruler that says, I've done all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and God says, yeah, but now you need to sell all your stuff and follow me. You know, I you can follow all the re- religiosity, uh, but Jesus is greater than religion. Amen. And so, so why do we need to sit there and, and, and not judge those and call them those people? Because it also says in scripture that everybody's evil. Yes, we could say those people are us people. Yeah. They're our people mm-hmm. because that's us too. Exactly. We're, we're all sinners and we, we all have to admit we're sinners and, and turn from that. And and so I, I, I think we can all learn from people who are in recovery because of people's willingness to admit that they're powerless, mm-hmm. to even name what that is and ask for help, things that a lot of churchy people, and I put myself in there, I've been in church a long time, we, mm-hmm. that doesn't come as natural for a lot of people. Let's go back to Abraham Maslow's conversation about the people want to feel significant. Why don't you admit that you've done those things? Yeah. That's more of an important question. Yeah. The reason you don't want to do it is because you don't want other people to <laughs> think poorly of you. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to, well, and you know, I have found this is a wonderful, uh, this is a freeing thing. I've given my testimony. Uh, I did it at uh, Iron Sharpens Iron. I've done it uh, uh, in front of our entire church. Yep. I have made an yep. admittance of some things. I will freely tell you, Pastor Dan Cullet uh, here at Edgewood it said something to me a long time ago. He says, you can't blackmail me. <laughs> I will tell you I love every. Dan. I, I love Dan. And Dan is Dan is is has struggled with all kinds and continues to struggle with it. But he's real about it. Yeah. He tells you about it, and that is so freeing. I yeah. don't have that hidden room, right? That room where I keep to myself because in that little room is where all of your anxiety and that's where your mental health issues fester. I'm reading a book right now, Matthew Perry, and unfortunately, Matthew Perry died just a few days ago. But Matthew Perry struggled with all kinds of addictions, uh, all kinds of addictions. And he said that he could speak in front of 20,000 people with no problems, not be nervous at all. But he was scared to death to be in a room by himself mm. because that's where he had to deal mm. with himself. He's face to face with He's himself. He's face to face with him. Yeah, And I think that's, as long as I've got this mask, this facade, and I think of that commercial that's for depression, where people put on that that mask, they're holding this mask, why would you put that mask up there? And I have to rely on a drug. Now, let me digress real quickly here. There are times when there are medications that can assist you with all kinds of things. For anxiety. And and, my personal theory on that is that God brought those things to you. Yeah. He may have brought you with a counselor that you need to have. Yeah. You may need to have a, a therapist yeah. or a doctor yeah. or a medication to help yeah. you deal with. There are certain things, a part of your addictions, that may have a physicality to them. Absolutely. If you are so high on heroin, you need to have come down from that because the DTs coming out of that are horrendous. And so there may be a medication that you need to take. So you need to work on that. But if 
you hide those things, those will just eat you away and they mm. will cause continual stress. And it's what David said in Psalm 32. When oh, I kept quiet about my sins, my bones withered wasted away, away yeah. or withered away withered within away. me. And, but and, then when he confessed, the Lord restored the joy of his salvation. Exactly. And he, that was a man that God called him closer than a son. Exactly. And so, a man after his own heart. And there but, are places in the Bible where people dealt with mental health issues. Yeah. And we're upfront about it. Um, Elijah in 1 Kings talks about, uh, he just sits under a tree, plops himself down. <laughs> he wants to die. And then he says, God, just take me. And God <laughs> And he said, just had a victory before he that. He just had a victory just before that. Said, but God, I'm tired. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Yeah. I'm not, he wants to do well, but he says, I can't do any better than everybody else that came before me. And God yeah. didn't do that and sat him down and made him take a nap and gave him some food. Yep. And God gave him what he needed to persevere and go forward mm. and look at the things he did. I love that. Uh, after that, David, uh, you know, he had depression brought on by his anxieties. And, uh, you know, but it says in scripture that for us to be anxious for nothing. Yeah. But in everything, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. God. And then what happens? And, and then the, the peace, peace of God, which yes. surpasses all understanding. <laughs> Matthew Perry says that in his book. He says, I, he was sober for two years because he came to God. Now, he backslid and yeah. he had all kinds of issues. Regard, but there was a period of time where he found those fruits of the Spirit mm. that God provided him. And only through that is the time that he had mm. his sobriety. And he found that peace. He found that joy. It's not easy. It's not always there. But we have to have those habits. One of the habits that, that we have been in Celebrate Recovery have for a while, we call it our daily inventory. We wake up in the morning or just before we go to bed at night, whatever works for you, we ask ourselves a series of questions. What did I do right today? Hmm. What start did I, with that. Yeah, start we with start, the right. we, we yeah. start with that one. <laughs> start with the positive. Well, you, people tend to start with, here's what I did wrong today, yeah, yeah. and then you, you ruminate on that, and it just is, it goes you know, down a hill that you don't want it to go down. But what did I do right today? What did I do wrong today? You have to acknowledge that. What did I do that I need to go to somebody for and ask for mm. forgiveness for and amendments? Because that's part of this, the 12-step process. Mm -hmm. And what are those things that... that um, I need to work on for tomorrow. Hmm. So, but we do that daily so that when we are in situations where we, we we're, might have some stressors, we have habits that catch it early and don't let it fester and hmm. don't let it roll down the hill. And we bring God into the picture early and often in the process. It mm. says that we're supposed to have a conversation with him when we get up in the morning, when we go to bed at night, yep. when we walk along the way. Pray at all times. Uh, yeah. So it's praying at all times. And so we that's one of our tools we have in the, our tool belt. In fact, it's the tool we have in our mm. tool belt. Mike, I love how passionate you are. And I'm sure our listeners can pick that up as they're listening. And You've experienced life change through mm. the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're passionate about communicating that to others. Um, at, here at Edgewood, we follow four Gs, gather, grow, give, and go, and you guys live out all four of those in Celebrate Recovery. But in particular for us as a church, I look at Celebrate Recovery in the grow and the go values especially, because you're reaching people 
who don't come to Edgewood and mm-hmm. many who don't know Jesus and they come to faith through mm-hmm. Celebrate Recovery. But at its core, Celebrate Recovery um, is a grow ministry. It's sanctification. It's it's growing in Christ-likeness. And Mike, what a joy just to see how God has brought you freedom and forgiveness and how committed you are to help others. Um, all before to the glory we, of God, not me. It's all to the glory of God. But w- before we wrap up, Mike, what, what closing thought would you have? What, what did we leave out here today that you'd like to share? I guess the word acknowledgement comes to my head. Hmm. We have to acknowledge that we're sinners. Hmm. Uh, we have to set aside our pride. I mean, if you look at the, the Beatitudes. In Celebrate Recovery, we have eight principles, which hmm. are fashioned after the Beatitudes <laughs> yeah. of Jesus. And it, it, Jesus was so wise, in, you know, go figure. <laughs> Jesus was so wise in starting off with, what is your posture? You have to be meek. You have to be poor in spirit. You have to be humble. You have to acknowledge the fact that you are a sinner, that you can't do it yourself. And yeah, it's easy to look at other people and say, look what they're doing. That's, That's a sin. But we have to acknowledge the fact that we are sinners. And regardless of whether our sin is a little white lie or our sin is adultery or um, abuse of drugs or alcohol or whatever our particular sin is, in God's eyes, that's it's a sin. Mm. And that we are here together as a community of Christ to work on those issues in concert with him. Yeah. Um, I used to tell my wife that my, my major, I used to tell everybody that my first priority was God. My second priority was my wife. My second, third priority, my third priority was my kids. I mean, I had a, this list of priorities and I've since changed that. And it's my first priority is God. My second priority is God. My third priority <laughs> is God. My fourth priority. And what happens is yeah. if I have those priorities, then everything I do from that point forward is God led. Right, because it affects every relationship. There's not a relationship with Jody, relationship with with my kids, with my friends, with my businesses, whatever I'm doing. It's like what we learned recently in a message is Christ doesn't want to just be prominent in our lives. He needs to be preeminent, Mm -hmm. number one, Mm -hmm. at at the very, very top. And and as you say, (laughs) there is no plan B. (laughs) That's right. Right. uh, The church is plan A, there is no plan B. There is no plan B. (laughs) God is my plan A, and I have no plan be. Mike, give us uh, details again on Celebrate Recovery, because somebody might be listening, and they're being like prompted to come, and they missed the time and the day. How does all that work? And then, I guess one other thing, I keep saying one other thing. There are Celebrate Recoveries that are meeting <laughs> Kind of like through. your sermons. Hey, 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 careful. Hey, 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 hey. You're like, land the plane, <laughs> land the plane. So if somebody wanted to come to Celebrate Recovery at Edgewood, but then tag on that, there are four other CRs that meet in the Quad Cities, mm-hmm. which is incredible. There is actually five. Five uh, others. There are, and I wish I could, I'm not prepared with all of those where they're all at. But if you get in touch with it here at Edgewood, we will get that information to you. I think Lynn can do that yep. from her. I know there's one in desk. Alpha, one in East Moline, East Moline one here, um, uh, one in Davenport. Grandview or Grand... It's it's over on um, no Rockingham Road. I can't remember the name of the church, but there we have that. We can get that information There's here at Edgewood. We have yeah. uh, celebrate recovery starting at six o'clock. We have a meal, uh, and that goes until nine o'clock. Uh, and that's every Friday. We very rarely cancel. If you want information about specific or you have questions, you can either contact the church here and or you can. Uh, 
get on our Facebook page. We have an Edgewood Facebook page. Uh, and just leave a message. Celebrate recovery, just look right? for Celebrate Recovery. Edgewood, Edgewood. do that search, and it, uh, it will come up. And we, we also have a website, QC Recovery. QC Recovery uh, is is a website, but that's generally just used for um, our. We, that's how we broadcast our, our our services on Friday night. Okay, yeah, because they're also available online. Uh huh. Yeah. You can if you can't make it go on, you can get a taste for what we do. Yeah. Um, but give uh, you contact Facebook through Facebook or the Chuck kind of the church. They will get you in touch of yep. one of us, and we will get back to you as to uh, how we can be of service to you. Mike, what a joy to talk to you. Uh, I, I love your passion for Christ. That's so evident. Love watching how God uses you and Jody uh, for the kingdom, and love what God's doing in Celebrate Recovery as he conforms people to his image and brings freedom, forgiveness, hope, healing so so many people hey thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast Uh, this podcast is relatively new i think this is our seventh or eighth episode if you found this helpful it would help if you give a rating and that you like the podcast because then it comes up higher in ratings or in searches that other people maybe are out just searching for a podcast to listen to Uh, again thank you for listening to the edgewood 4g podcast. If we can be of any help as a church, jump online at edgewoodbaptist.net. We'll talk to you next week.